And suddenly, a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him. Lord, save us. We perish. Why are you fearful? Oh, you of little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great calm. So the men marveled. Who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, and good morning. Thank you for joining us here at His Heart Line. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side because they are the ones in charge. They are the host with the most. They are in the captain's chair. They are at the helm. They're at the wheel. Therefore, they are steering this ship through these crazy waters that we call life. So welcome to His Heart Line for episode 497. We're going to be doing a reading out of Genesis chapter 26. We're going to pick up where we left off there. We'll have a little summary, and then we're going to close out the show after the prayer, and we're going to start the second show. So we're going to get right into the reading, and uh, it is Monday, April 3rd, 2023. So happy April, everybody. Hope everybody is doing well. I apologize for being gone for so long, but I had to take some time off, of course. Um, I know it's been kind of a little spotty here and there because of... Uh, just random things, busy life, stuff like that. But, you know, as you all know, my mom was up here visiting from Florida. Uh, she is now on the plane, headed back south to sunny Florida to take care of business. So, but anyway, but uh, here we are. We are up here dealing with our, you know, winter slash spring. I don't even know what to call it anymore, but hey, here we are. So, um, 
we're going to get right into the reading here because I want to try to keep it punctual. One of the things that, uh, one of the, you know, the reasons on top of having my family up here, my mom up here visiting, and I wanted to spend more time with family. One of the biggest reasons why I also wanted to take a week off is kind of get a mental reset. I wanted to get a mental reset because I feel like lately I have not been operating the way God has been wanting me to lately. And so I felt like in order for me to do what he wants me to do, I needed to kind of take a chill out for a minute and take a back seat and kind of get a little mental reset. You know what I mean? And because I just felt like I was kind of operating on Jason's terms and not so much on God's terms. So that's kind of one thing uh, that was kind of like a second reason why I wanted to kind of take a step back. So now that we've taken a little bit of a, a little bit of a, of a, of a hiatus and now we're back. We are going to start off fresh. We're going to keep our minds clear. We're going to keep our eyes on the ball and we are going to stay focused. So let's get right into the reading. So now we're going to be reading again, Genesis chapter 26. This is about, what is this? We got 35 verses here. We'll do a quick summary and then we'll end in prayer and then we'll start off the second show. So this is regarding Isaac and Abimelech. So starting with verse one, there was a famine in the land and distinct from the earlier one that had occurred in the days of Abraham and Isaac went down to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. The Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt, but camp in the land wherever I tell you. Excuse me. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants, I will give you all these lands in fulfillment of the oath that I swore to your father Abraham. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I will give them all these lands. And in your descendants, all the nations of the earth will find blessing. This because Abraham obeyed me, keeping my mandate, my commandments, my ordinances, and my instructions. So Isaac settled in Gerar. When the men of the place asked questions about his wife, he answered, She is my sister. He was afraid that if he called her his wife, the men of the place would kill him on account of Rebekah since she was beautiful. But when they had been there for a long time, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked out of the window and saw Isaac finding his wife, Rebekah. And he called for Isaac and said, She must certainly be your wife. How could you have said she is my sister? And Isaac replied, I thought I might lose my life on her account. How could you have done this to us? exclaimed Abimelech. I would have taken very little for one of the people to lie with your wife, and so you would have brought guilt upon us. Abimelech then commanded all the people, Anyone who maltreats this man or his wife shall be put to death. Isaac sowed a crop in the region and reaped a hundredfold the same year. Since the Lord blessed him, he became richer and richer all the time until he was very wealthy. He acquired flocks and herds and a great workforce, and so the Philistines became envious of him. The Philistines had stopped up and filled with dirt all the wells that his father's servants had dug back in the days of his father Abraham. So Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away from us. You have become far too numerous for us. Isaac left there and camped in the wadi Gerar, where he stayed. Isaac reopened the wells which his father's servant had dug back in the days of his father Abraham, in which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham's death. 
He gave them names like those that his father had given them. But when Isaac's servants dug in the wadi and reached spring water in their well, the shepherds of Gerar argued with Isaac's shepherd, saying, The water belongs to us. So he named the well Isaac, because they had quarreled there. Then they dug another well, and they argued over that one too. So he named it Sitna. So he moved on from there and dug still another well. But over this one, they did not argue. He named it Rehoboth and said, Because the Lord has now given us ample room, we shall flourish in the land. From there, Isaac went up to Beersheba. And the same night, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of Abraham, your father. Do not fear. I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for the sake of Abraham, my servant. So Isaac built an altar there and invoked the name, or excuse me, invoked the Lord by name. And after he had pitched his tent there, Isaac's servants began to dig a well nearby. Then Abimelech came to him from Gerar with Ahuzath, his counselor, and Fickle, the general of his army. And Isaac asked them, Why have you come to me, since you hate me and have driven me away from you? They answered, We clearly see that the Lord has been with you. So we thought, Let there be a swarm, sworn agreement between our two sides, between you and us. Let us make a covenant with you. You shall do no harm to us, just as we have not maltreated you, but have always acted kindly toward you and have let you depart in peace. So now may you be blessed by the Lord. Isaac then made a feast for them, and they ate and drank. And early the next morning they exchanged oaths. Then Isaac sent them on their way, and they departed from him in peace. That day, Isaac's servants came and informed him about the well that they had been digging, and they told him, We have reached water. And he called it Sheba. Hence, the name of the city is Beersheba to this day. When Esau was forty years old, he married Judith, daughter of Bari, Bari, the Hittite, a basemath, daughter of Elon, the Hivite. But they became a source of bitterness to Isaac and Rebekah. And that is the reading of chapter 26, verses 1 through 35. All right. So, what did we learn here? I'm just kind of looking at the chat real quick. Got a couple different, got a couple different uh, screens going on up here. Let's see here. I do want to say a quick good uh, good evening, good afternoon to some people here. So obviously got my wife here in the in the mix. Got Mr. Destry. Um, let's see here. And, and just for the record, guys, if um, if you don't really have a name and it's like kind of more of a, a Podbean picked username, like a bunch of random letters and numbers. Um, sorry, but not sorry. I won't be able to address you because I'm not going to say a bunch of random letters and numbers. So if you want me to address you and read some of your comments in the chat, if they apply to the conversation, uh, please check out, um, you know, changing that. But, uh, anyway, so I want to say good evening to, uh, Destry. Uh, I see we got a D Schuster here, 63, uh, Rietta is in the house. I'm sure her husband Donnie's right next to her and we got Leslie Liberty and Nancy. So good evening, good afternoon to all of you. And then I'm going to see we got Outlaw in the house just chimed in here. So 
uh, wonderful. So I'm glad everybody's here. And I hope again, you all had a great, great time. Uh, a great 10 days off or seven days off. I should say not 10, but seven days off. My mom was up here for 10, but good seven days off, not hearing my annoying voice. <laughs> so anyway, um, oh, and then we got my good friend, Randy. Good evening, Randy. Glad to see you here. Hope you're doing well. Okay. So <clears throat> let me just do something here. Got it. There we go. I had to expand my screen a little bit here. Okay. So Genesis 26 focuses on the Lord reassuring Isaac. Now, God states that his relationship with Abraham and its blessings are for Isaac as well. Now, God appears to Isaac not just once, but twice in this chapter. Now, in both cases, the Lord restates and emphasizes the covenant promises that he had made to Abraham and is now making to Isaac. Now, for the majority of this passage, no mention is made of Jacob and Esau, and Rebekah's marital status is obscured. It's likely that most of this chapter is set back before Jacob and Esau are born, but Isaac and Rebekah were childless for 20 years, leaving plenty of time for these events to occur. Now, a season of famine fell on the land, and it is a different kind of famine than the one that drove Abraham to move to Egypt in Genesis chapter 12. Now, in fact, the Lord appears to Isaac and commands him not to move to Egypt, but to settle instead in Gerar. Now, the reason, or excuse me, the region of the Philistines ruled by King Abimelech. Now, scholars would disagree on whether this is the same Abimelech that Abraham knew when we read Genesis chapter 20 and 21. Or maybe this is a new Abimelech. All right. Now, interestingly, though, both the kings and the commander of the army have the same names as in the incident with Abraham. Because obviously it seems like we're kind of living a Groundhog's Day scenario here with this uh, story where they're claiming that their wife is their sister because they were feared, you know, they were fearful of losing their life. So this might prove that they are in fact, maybe just maybe the very same man, or it might simply mean that fathers had passed down both their names and positions to their sons. That's also very possible too. But given how long that it's been since Abraham's encounter, it seems most likely that this might be a new ruler, just a different generation, right? So, in any case, Isaac settles his large household in Gerar in obedience to the Lord. Now, when some locals ask about Isaac's beautiful wife, Rebekah, he immediately follows in his father's footsteps and tells them, oh, that's my sister. Why? Because he's afraid that they would kill him and take her for them or for him, from him. That's the same failure that Abraham made, not once, but twice. And now Isaac makes this same mistake in his own life. Now, the lie is revealed when King Abimelech himself catches the couple being intimate. Uh-oh. And he's furious because Isaac's lie could have brought guilt upon the whole kingdom, just as Abraham had done. Now, still, the king decrees that anyone who harms Isaac or Rebekah will be killed. And so God demonstrates that he will protect Isaac as he did Abraham, fearful and faithless or not. Now, the Lord then blessed Isaac 
by giving a hundredfold return of his crop in a season of famine. Imagine what that would look like to Abimelech. So in fact, Isaac becomes so rich and powerful that old disputes about water rights crop up. So Abimelech sends Isaac away for being much mightier than the Philistines. And so resettled in a different part of Gerar, Isaac continues to have disputes with the locals about the wells that he was digging into the water, you know, you know, digging, you know, the wells that he was digging so he can water his herds and his flocks. And eventually Isaac travels to Beersheba and given its name in Genesis chapter 21 by Abraham himself. Now in Beersheba, the Lord again appears to Isaac and commands him not to be afraid and to renew his promises to be with Isaac and bless him and multiply his offspring for Abraham's sake. And so Isaac responds with worship, building an altar, calling it the Lord's name. And he also pitches his tent and commands his servants to begin digging a well. Now some time goes by and Abimelech arrives to visit Isaac. Though he's suspicious at first, Isaac agrees to the king's proposal of a peace treaty between the two of them. To honor the treaty, Isaac names the well his servants had dug after the word for oath. And finally, as we kind of conclude here, the story jumps well into the future. And Isu marries two Canaanite women, Hittites. And those marriages make life bitter for Isaac and Rebekah, perhaps because Isu did not marry from among Abraham's people. And this angst, combined with Rebekah's clear preference for Jacob, will play into an infamous act of deception, which will occur in the next chapter, which we will get into tomorrow. Dun, dun, dun. I know you guys are just waiting in suspense, like, oh boy, what's going to happen next? Well, if you got a Bible, just crack it open, go to chapter 27. You can skip ahead of the class. <laughs> there you go. So anyway, but there you go. So that's the summary. And again, I get that summary from BibleRef.com. I always like to make sure I source where I get everything. And as a matter of fact, speaking of sources, this is also very important. I want to make sure I put this out there because it is important. I probably should have did this at the beginning, but that's okay. It's better late than never. But like I said, remember as a disclaimer, as I always state, I am not a doctor and I don't wear a white coat. White's not my color anyway. And I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not a pastor, priest, a deacon, or a biblical scholar or, or a lawyer. I'm not a member of the bar, so I don't give out legal advice. So if you're looking for legal advice, move on. And remember, I'm also not the official face or voice of the national, state, or county assemblies. And additionally, I do not advocate for violence. I am my own man, and the opinions, thoughts, and statements are of my own unless I reference otherwise, which I have right here. Like I said, a lot of the summaries, I like getting the summaries off BibleRef.com. It's a great resource, um, a very, very great resource. And today also, if in case you're wondering what version of the Bible that I was reading from, I was reading from the New American Bible Revised Edition. That's the New American Bible Revised Edition. 
Um, so I was reading from that one today in case you were all wondering. So anyways, what we're going to do is we're going to end this in prayer. We're going to close the show out and then we're going to start the next show. Bystanders no more. So you remember, if you do have a prayer, you want to add to the prayer, you can put it right here in the chat or, you know, in the chat and, uh, yeah, and we will, and I will do my best to add it in there in the mix. So heavenly father, we want to say thank you so very much for this time together. We appreciate all that you do for us. Thank you for the break and the time away to allow us to kind of clear our heads, have a little bit of a reset mentally. Um, I know sometimes we need that. Um, I'm seeing right here in the chat, uh, in the chat, one of our listeners, Nancy, she lost her um, man's best friend. Her dog went to heaven last week, and we pray that you have the best dog house for him and the best couch that he can jump up on and just just the probably the most gourmet-like treats that a dog could ever lay his chops on. We pray for Nancy's pup and we, we, we do sympathize because, you know, dogs and cats, they are another part of the family. They're an extension of the family. And so we pray for, for peace and the healing of, of Nancy's heart and whoever else was very close to that dog. Um, and we thank you for our families. Another day of life and good health. We ask that you guide our thoughts, our words, as well as our actions. May our footsteps be in alignment with your... Um, May our footsteps be in alignment with your great plan. We want to make sure that everything we do is for your good. And we don't ever want to shy off that path. And as I'm looking here, and of course, we have a prayer for special intentions. And we want to, that's what, you know, I'm glad she put this out there. My wife, uh, anybody that's dealing with mental anxiety or dealing with um, stress and burdens, um, any type of anxiety, people that are dealing with marital issues, people that might be dealing with miscarriages, they're maybe having a problem conceiving a baby. We pray for those people that um, are trying to get pregnant. We pray for anybody that's, you know, trying to have their marriage become more rock solid because we're living in a time where Satan's really moving fast and furious and a lot of families trying to break up these families. So we pray that you intervene and allow the Holy Spirit to work among all these families and all these people, men and women alike, individually, so we can beat Satan and all his little minions. And we pray for the health of my little nephew. He still continues to deal with these seizures. And um, just we just pray for anybody and anybody that really is looking for, for help here. And let me just continue on real quick in the chat. Rietta says, Lord, please give peace to Nancy. You are our comforter. Thank you, Lord. And I think that is it. So we pray all of this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, very, very sorry to hear about, um, about Nancy's dog here. So sorry to hear about that, Nancy. That's never fun. I remember a golden retriever that my dad had that I grew up with when I was in high school, junior high, high school, going to college. Uh, that was a good dog. She lived to about, I don't know, 15 or 16 before she started losing her faculties. And uh, when they had to put her down, it was uh, it was very sad. Um, never really lost a dog. And that one was a first because I had grown up with that dog. and. 
yeah, it really sucked. But I, I, I do, I do understand that hurt. My wife obviously understands that hurt. She lost a couple of cats, few cats in her life. So, you know, cats and dogs are just, again, they're extensions of the family. It sucks when they, you know, when they depart from us, but, uh, but obviously in a much better place, definitely in the hands of Jesus and God. So there's no doubt about that. So we will close us out. We will be right back in a couple minutes. So God bless wherever you at. And if we don't see you on the other side here in a couple minutes, we'll see you back here tomorrow. All right. God bless, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him. Lord, save us. We perish. Why are you fearful? Oh, you of little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds of the sea. And there was a great calm. So the men